You're listening to Art Happens Here, the podcast that explores the often curious and occasionally amazing art installations on, in, and around the campuses of Lansing Community College. I'm your host, Bruce Mackley. Well, hello. Welcome to Art Happens Here. It is my great delight in welcoming back former LCC president, Dr. Brent Knight, to talk about some of the things that we've accomplished here. And we have another guest, someone I've been trying to pin down for quite some time. He's our director of facilities, Tim Martz, vastly experienced in all types of industrial management and operations. He's been here since 2005. And quite honestly, a lot of this stuff wouldn't have happened, obviously, without Dr. Knight. But Tim was the catalyst that uh, provided much of the expertise that facilitated facilities. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Good yeah. to be with you. Good to see you. Being in the room with you two again has just been—it's—it's uh, it's really cool. And I don't even know where to start. Um, Tim, project-wise, I'm just going to dive right in. Tell us about something that you wouldn't normally know as a normal person. Were there any? I'm not talking about your personal life. We don't care, Tim. Okay. <laughs> Anything around here? Like, what is it like with building a clock tower or a freestanding 30-foot sculpture that people might not realize? Did you ever leave a meeting with Dr. Knight and scratch your head walking down the hall going, how am I going to do this? Well, let me just start off by saying when you become a facilities person, whether you are in the first line as a trade or you've been able to elevate yourself to some different levels across the campus, you don't ever think about sculptures and artwork. That's not really in the book. You think about infrastructure such as boilers and chillers and, and all these things to keep the buildings up to tip-top shape and, and that type of thing. When Dr. Knight got here, it was just very interesting situation that Dr. Knight was infrastructure person. He knew about how buildings worked. He took great pride in making sure that they worked and then also expanded out to what the buildings look like, what the grounds look like. And that was a little different than what I had experienced before. Back to your question. We always had some sort of form that when we started a project, we could bring our projects to the table but we didn't know what we wanted to do until Dr. Knight got here. And he came with vision and he came with ideas and he came with great, great aspects of what we could do. Yes, there were times when we left the room, we wondered, oh boy, Mm -hmm. how are we going to do this? And we had to get inside his thinking, his understanding in his head and come out with, how do we do this? We could see some vision, we could see it, but we didn't know how to do it. And that was the tough part. Having the encouragement too. And Dr. Knight, you placed a lot of trust in this gentleman over here. Well, yes, uh, Tim, we, we were great partners from my point of view. And we understood each other, I think, well, and knew each other well. And we had many experiences that we used to do the next project. So we were continually building our experiential base. And Tim was always supportive. I would say almost always, but I can't think of any time that he wasn't. I may have had wild and crazy ideas, but 
we would shape them into a way that worked. A project that comes to mind was the cello on the back side of Dart. I mean, which previously was blank. <laughs> and you, you wouldn't know what was the purpose of that building on the east side of it. It just was a blank brick wall. So I wanted to signal that this was a performing arts building and what could we do that would suggest that? So, I mean, you could have the faces of drama, which is common, mm -hmm. but we ended up somehow with a musical instrument and then we thought, well, we could have a cello. Okay, well, where would we put it? And so we would discuss all that in our meetings, mm -hmm. and we started off with, I think, putting it on a little lawn there. And then one of Tim's guys, I think, said, well, why don't we put it on that roof over the door? Mm -hmm. And then we thought, well, gee, why don't we put it on the side of the building? Well, it would be better still if the neck protruded from the corner. So that was a progression that our meetings were, we would just keep working and talking and thinking and made it the end result as good as it could possibly be, get the size right and the colors right and get a drawing and then a fabricator mm -hmm. and a painter and somebody to, to affix it to the building. So we would go through all of that, and I think what was probably very uncommon, we essentially did it ourselves within the college, within our own people, mm -hmm. and generally we had fun. That's, that's true. And just for our listeners, uh, we're referring to Dart Auditorium, this, an older building on campus. And this cello is, I mean, it's a life-size cello. It's 3D. It has an abbreviated neck. And the thing that struck me about it the first time I saw it was the improbability of it. It was eye-catching. And it's fire engine red. But it's not huge. But it's fire engine red. And it's at an angle. And you can't not see it. You can't not look at it. And just like, I look at it every time I walk by. And from there, I mean, we didn't start out doing the enormous things, but our knowledge base grew, right, Tim? Yeah. I mean, you're balancing electric. I, anyway. We, we, um, we didn't know how to do many of the things or why we were even in the room with Dr. Knight and, and trying to figure, figure out what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. And it took a team. This is one of the things we've got to understand here, that we would sit in our room it was almost every Tuesday between 8.30 and 10 o'clock mm -hmm. and we would start noodling as Dr. Yeah. Knight would say on yeah. ideas yeah. and we would write the ideas on the on the whiteboard mm -hmm. and then we would create okay priorities and then we start looking at well what costs were and everything like this and then we would start bringing in our, our team we would bring in an architect we bring in engineers we bring in the field staff we brought in carpenters, we brought in electricians, mm -hmm. we brought in maybe some HVAC people that knew how to bend metal, all sorts of different aspects of the trades that were here, right mm -hmm. here in our backyard that we use every day. Mm -hmm. And they became part of what we did. And one of the things is once you become part of it, you take ownership in it and you take pride in it. Mm -hmm. And that was, that's just, the team grew from that and that's how we were very successful.
Oh yeah, the balance and that that ownership factor that you pointed out. It was a very, uh, you know, you leave these meetings and you're kind of excited. At least for me, you're excited, but you're afraid because it's a one-off and you haven't done it before. And what if I fail? But I have this encouragement from the guy in the top office to move forward with it. Nothing else like it, you know. The balance there. I make a big deal about creative thought processes and not how they just apply to sculptures and art and music, the obvious things, but cable management in a power room or pick something that doesn't involve some type of creative thought process. I won't go off on that tangent. I've done it before. I wish to get on the record, the clock tower. Me me too, definitely. And how it happened. Yeah. And Tim is a key part of that. It Mm -hmm. wouldn't happen without Tim. Mm -hmm. So I came here in 2008, and I'm not sure when I started to talk to Tim about the structure that was there, which I really didn't care for, mm-hmm. the, the brutalist welding vent. We call it the mushroom. Thing. From my memory, as soon as I could, I told Tim that that thing had to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so Tim started to study it, and he started to talk with people who disassembled, demolished, And he came back to me and said, the price is just outrageous. We can't do it. And I go, okay, Tim, well, thanks for trying. I didn't know can't was in your your vocabulary, Tim, but anyway. No, he couldn't, they couldn't figure out how to, how to do it without, you know, a price that was just unreasonable. Mm -hmm. So I may have done that in 2009. It might've been 2008, but every year. I would say to Tim, say, Tim, I sure would like to dismantle that. He's he's relentless, isn't he? Oh, yes, absolutely. And replace it with the clock tower if we could, Tim. And then Tim would come back in a few weeks or whatever, and he'd say, we just can't figure it out. We just can't. And and this happened at least five times that I would every year say to Tim, Tim, what about that? And every year he would try. He'd call somebody else. He'd talk to a different engineer. And then he'd come back and tell me, we just can't figure out how to do it. And then one year he said, I think we got it. Really? And then the project took off because yeah. Tim had figured out how to do it without breaking the bank. And then we had a great design and then I went to Glenn Granger with a rendering, mm-hmm. and Glenn provided the funds, and the clock tower happened. I still think the clock tower is just wonderful. Yeah. And I'm just delighted yeah. that we persevered and got the right people and made it all work. And I can assure you it would not have happened without Tim. And I mentioned in a previous episode, um, it adds a level of prestige to our campus it's unparalleled for LCC. I mean, you hear that thing and you're walking along and you feel like you're valued as a student because look at it. And that's another thing about Tim. I see him over here smiling at me. There are people that channel negativity and it's contagious. Tim Martz is the opposite of that. I've never seen the man in a bad mood. He's had tremendous amounts of stress on his plate. I can't even begin to imagine top level running this college and he's always positive and encouraging and that too. I mean, with your team, 
the electrician, master carpenter. It, it, it goes down from there. Well, thank you. No, it's um, true. It, it's one of these things where I always look at a situation, and I've learned this over many, many years of my life. When something is not quite right or needs to be looked at differently, I always say it's an opportunity. And I say that to myself and say, all right, it could be worse, but let's take this opportunity and let's see what we can do with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really one of the first things I say you know, when something comes up like that. But I go back to the point of um, earlier, if you don't have a good team, if you don't have people that you can rely on and you have a good leader, and a leader, mm-hmm. not a supervisor, a manager, but a leader, like Dr. Knight is when he was here. Mm-hmm. It just helps many things. Yes, we've had difficult things, and we've engineered ourselves through it, just like we talked about the clock tower. It took so long because how it was built, and then we had a demo team doing some other work for us, another part of campus, mm-hmm. and we started questioning them about, hey, what happens to this piece of structure here is there a way to get it down and slowly that thing turned and it was it was many years but it was mm-hmm. contacts and, and and so on bringing it together yeah and there's more to your gig than just um, engineering know-how you know i can express my admiration for your creativity with budgeting and i don't want to make that connote anything negative be creative with your books nothing like that but you realized and you understood how we needed to keep things in proportion to the college and to not misspend and to be vigilant and to be true stewards of the taxpayer dollar. You were always all about that, which is quite noteworthy too, because a lot of this stuff wouldn't have occurred. We were talking, Dr. Knight and I, yesterday about the acrylic thing in in the star zone and how if you'd hired an outside firm to do that, you're probably looking at half a million dollars something creative and back and forth and all of that. And it was a fraction of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, uh, and you were part of that design. Mm-hmm. When we put that together. And we we started out with just flat pieces of acrylic mm-hmm. or whatever we were going to, plastic or whatever it was, and we developed that. And it was the team that came back with that and decided we could heat it, we could bend it, we could do different things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, it comes back to that team player. One of the things I want to say about when you're talking about budget, in a public institution, it is very critical that you watch and how you spend money. And we know that. Mm -hmm. Dr. Knight was a true leader in that, Mm -hmm. really making sure that we spent the money correctly, how we did it, how we got the funds to do it, and how we worked through our purchasing department Mm -hmm. to do this. We were transparent with all of our funds. And Dr. Knight had a lot to do with that because he says, okay, we've got to look at this not only to create something for sustainability to be here forever, but we also have to make sure we can do it within the the funding sources and making sure that we can get it done improperly. And and he was really, really taught me a lot on how to do that. Yeah, and the authority to do that as well without having guesswork. I also want to mention Tim's guys. And now these are the skilled trades people that work for Tim. They were really an extension of our team. They mm-hmm. were on our team. And we were all equal in a way. I mean, we were all equal yeah. team members. And our minds were what we wanted and how to figure out how to do things and enjoy what we did. 
I mean, I worked with Lee on the robot at West Campus, how to light it, and mm-hmm. and the president's dining room. We worked with <laughs> Lee on the lights, and then he would know us and what we were trying to do, and he would be a contributor. It took this village of a sort to figure all this out. And Bruce, you did a whole lot of the designing. When we did the YMCA column, which I'm very proud of, you had the process on how to make the stained glass. (laughs) And it was Bruce's design. And we were continually pulling the talents from all these people on our latest project. And everyone did it with good enthusiasm and fun. And yep. then they were all set to go for the next one. Well, it's just now occurring to me, and I've known this all along, that has primarily to do with your leadership style. Everyone had a voice at the table. Everyone had a voice at the table. You could say whatever you wanted. You could say whatever you yeah. wanted. Oh, yeah. And starting out, it was kind of, kind of, you know, the president is here and everyone's chilly and kind of, but after a while, we understood that you valued the expertise of every single person all over campus, actually. There's a thing with curiosity that's a big deal. You are naturally inquisitive. You're a lifelong learner. I don't know if anyone just checks out, but you're curious. You'll sit there and you'll take it in. And that, uh, that lends itself to your, you know, to your knowledge about all this stuff. And I want to I wanna get on, on record, too, the rolling lawn. I was just going to bring that up, yes. That and was. so <laughs> Tim and I, we, with the consultants, I mean, yeah. we plan the rolling lawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the drainage and the valleys and the irrigation and sod, and we, we had it all planned. And we thought that we had expertly planned it. Right. But it didn't turn out that way. Hmm. The turf, the grass just was not healthy. Mm-hmm. And we have these big weeds, and the valleys would collect yeah. water yeah. and kill the grass. Oh, just awful. And Tim and I are kind of old farmers in our own way. And we'd be talking, and Tim would have the people that mowed the lawns, and he'd talk to them. And, and he'd ask me, and I'd say, uh, try more nitrogen, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, anyway, we kept at that with zero success. Right. None. Yeah. We had a failure. And yet you're relentless. And so we kept going, and then I think... I don't remember how we discovered. You were having a meeting with someone at MSU oh, or yeah. whatever, and you, you got yeah. straight. Yeah, Janet Lilly, who works in the president's office at Michigan State, I asked her if she had a turf person. So she hooked us up with Trey, who wrote a book right. on turf, yes. and, and he gave me his book. And anyway, we got him out there. It was a miracle. He turned a problem into a wonderful asset. It was just amazing. And Tim and I did that journey together, and and it was remarkable. I'll never forget it. I haven't been on the campus, you know, in a while. And I looked at that rolling lawn, and whoa, the lawn's doing good. For for our listeners, let me describe this just for a minute. Um, the lawn that Dr. Knight's describing is, sits in front of the east-facing glass facade of the Gannon Building. And the glass, we've discussed this before, is 
award-winning, the Glass Company won awards for it. It has this, I don't want to say accordion, but it has this, like, this crinkled up, facety. It's, it's very cool and it's become iconic. The rolling lawn looks like waves of water. Like if you're like a wave generating machine, except it's grass. And the curvature of the rolling lawn complements the hard angles of the glass. It's intentionally designed. I mean, it, they really do complement each other. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, the all of the, well, the trees, you know, talk, and I was never involved in any of that, but just seems like some people would just be beaten down and throw in the towel and you just keep going. Well, it just happens to be, this was our anniversary right now of when we decided to do the tree project. In what year did we do that? Uh, that was a few that years That was back. remarkable too. Anyways, we knew that this campus was absolutely beautiful. It was a great location. But over the years, since 57 in, in the 70s and then into 75 when everything was being built and um, the landscape, the trees that were planted starting to show their age and disease and keeping them up to snuff. And Dr. Nye says, we've got to do something here. We've got to do something, but we have to do it so everybody understands why we're doing it. We mm -hmm. just can't come in and start cutting trees down with no plan. So I'm going to let Dr. Knight talk about how we put the grid together and MSU and everybody. Yeah. So over time, you had trees, which I mentioned were diseased. They weren't the right tree for that particular spot. Some of them just kind of happened over time by accident. And some of them had only a few years of life remaining. Right. So we hired at least three tree consultants, yes, right? Yes, yep. And because I couldn't have just one. And we got three of the best. Yep. And they evaluated each and every tree on the whole campus, every single one of them. Wow. And we had criteria. Okay, this tree is diseased. It can't be saved. That tree is in the wrong place. It'll never thrive. That tree, tree by tree. And then we had a list of trees that needed to go. Right. And the, these are three tree lover consultants. Oh, for sure. Arborists, right? Yeah, And a lot of people didn't understand that just by nature. But yeah. these were legitimate big-time tree experts. And they said, I don't remember the number. Was it like 50 trees, Tim? Oh, well, when we were all said and done, there was over 100 trees. That we had to remove? Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So we had a list, and Tim and I, again, know each other real well, and we made our plan. I had talked with the board, and the best time to remove trees is right now. Right. And for several reasons. No yep. leaves, yep. Yep. and it's in the middle of winter. Yep, and they're and, dormant. Yeah, and so over the holiday, Tim had the contractors ready to go, and I said, Tim, I want the stumps out of there and the backfilled. Mulch and dirt. And all, and we're done. And then Tim pulled it all off, and the trees were gone. And we then had a plan to replace them with, mm -hmm. with the right kinds of trees that would thrive right. and live a long time. And so we did that. And try as we may, people still struggled understanding, well, why are they taking that tree out? and putting that tree in. Well, there are many good reasons for that. 
And you plaqued it too. I remember the plaques coming in with the various trees done so expertly and deliberately, especially these guys I'm sure were experts with Michigan climate and how it took. Tim, your wizard costume, is it at home or do you keep it around here? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, no, I remember that on every single aspect. we got just a few minutes left. I want to touch on the gateway to LCC, particularly the north and the houses that went down and the monument there, the power lines going underground. Can you touch on that for just a couple minutes, Tim? This was another great opportunity. And again, Dr. Knight really going out to the community, working with the uh, the mayor at the time of, of Lansing. Mm-hmm. And we got pulled in under the Metro Act, I think it was called. And that gave us a lot of lead way of what we wanted to do. And so we had, well, first of all, you want to make a college district. Yeah. And we wanted to make sure we were, you know, we defined. And I'll let you kind of continue on with how we got into that with the mayor and doing all the work, uh, you know, on the streets and the sidewalks. That was really hard. That was a very difficult yes. project. It just all kind, of, all the utilities underground and, oh. and overhead, and you, you had a brilliant idea. A lot of people want to bury lines, and I understand that, but. That's very expensive. And Tim had a brilliant idea of going west and using a right-of-way and putting the electrical lines there, Mm -hmm. and that saved the project. But that whole effort, which turned out to be just wonderful, it restored the whole street to pre-electricity in in Lansing, consistent with the the structures. And it was a risky project very difficult took a long time we had to tear up streets and sidewalks and and tim made that happen well there's a there's an aesthetic truth and beauty to entering our campus from the north down capitol that you just the vibe like the moment you step on on campus well we're going to wrap things up real quick here gentlemen i'd love to have you back president emeritus dr brent knight director of facilities tim martz it has been thrilling talking to you I hope we can do this again soon. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Oscar Wilde once said, be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. If you want to check out what I've been talking about, just visit this episode at lccconnect.org. Art Happens Here is a production of LCC Connect. Thanks for lending us your imagination.